Joining the show now is Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. After a week hiatus, we had Brian Bosarge in last week. Barry, happy to have you back on. How are things going? Well, I missed the uh, media credentials uh, deadline for the Super Bowl, so uh, I was kind of hoping that you would loan me $6,000 so I could buy me a ticket. My gosh. You know, I I, I wish that I had $6,000 to spend on, on, on oh, a wait, ticket. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me interrupt you. I just got a, I just got a news flash. There's 30% off, so all, all I need is 4200 Oh, okay. You just saved $1,800, Drew. Uh, you know what? I, I I still don't have $4,200 to give you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know, and this That's is crazy, the, isn't it? I, I can't believe And I, I don't even know when you've obviously been, been covering the sport for for a longer time than I, than I have, Barry, especially at, at the level that, that, that you've been doing it. I don't know, to me, when did tickets really start to make this leap? And this is one of the things that, you know, people have complained about. I think it seems like it's more often, at least over the last three, four, or five years, the jump in ticket prices. But you you can't – and Joe Burrow even – he even, dare I say, slammed the Super Bowl environment. He basically said it's a – it's like a dinner party and worthy entertainment is what it is what the environment's like compared to – an AFC title game or an NFC title game or, or any or even on that college football nat, nat, national title where tickets are so expensive, outrageously expensive, that the true fans can't afford them. No, and especially since it's one game that's at a neutral site, if it was at home, that might be a different thing because I, I would say the majority of fans live in the area that they can drive to the game and drive home. A lot of people I have flown into cities and gone to games. My brother lives in Indianapolis. We've seen Colts games. But, you know, they've talked about uh, now that they had this thing with the uh, with the player from Buffalo that got hurt, maybe the two conference games would be neutral site. But here's the thing. You take, like, college football. If college football goes to 12 teams, and you've got different levels. From the time that you, you're, you're – a conference championship is at a neutral site, and then you've got to go to the first round of a of a bowl game yep. to see them in the playoffs. The second round, and then the championship round. How many fans actually can go on the road to four games? Um, you know, towards the end of the year to see their team, and I, and I think the same thing with the NFL. They go to conference championships and neutral site. Uh, it's it's wrong, and it also it also demeans what the number one seed eventually gives you because not only do you have the bye week so you can rest for two weeks but you get all home games including the championship game yeah i i I don't like the idea of having a neutral site conference championship game because in the end too the you know the the it's all in the end it's about the fans the fans make such a big difference and i mean for example uh, arrowhead stadium is always loud. It's even louder during the playoffs. You know oh. the the noise that oh. that's made is so de- is deafening. If you go to a neutral site game, yeah. not not to say that it's not going to be loud, but you've only got half of the Chiefs fans in there, half the other teams fans in there. So there there's a little bit of offsetting that goes on there, rather than a true home field advantage, which I I think that they still need that in the NFL. I, I think it. And the, look, the, it's not like a team can't win on the road. The Bengals did it last year, and we've seen other teams do it plenty oh, of times. Yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, the 2007 Giants were the fifth seed and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, the 2007 or eight 
Packers were the number six seed and went, did all their ro- games on the road, beat the number two seed, beat the number one seed, um, neutral site, and won the Super Bowl. That was uh, in 2006. So, you know, teams can do that, and, and they don't have to have home field advantage. And you're talking about Arrowhead, just like Seattle's uh, stadium. Those are the loudest venues I've ever been to, and all that is open air. That that really sh- shocks me. Yeah, I, I I think that there there there's a good way to do it, and it's really to just keep on doing it the way that they've been doing it because it seems fine. We'll get to um, more of the offseason stuff in a second because I think Roger Goodell had some interesting comments, and I don't know if you saw this as we transition to the Senior Bowl here real quick um, and the offseason festivities right. that lead up to the draft, but uh, Demora Smith said that he basically said openly, I think we need to get rid of the NFL scouting combine. To which I was like, oh, 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 okay, explain a little bit more. And he went into some details about how he thinks there's a, I forget the exact word he used, but he pushes for the, he basically pushes for the end of the scouting combine um, due to the way that the process goes. And it's not even, it's not necessarily about seeing how good players are. It's about hurting players, whether it be asking them weird or off-the-wall questions or, uh, you know, a- a- asking them about uh, certain things like hand size or, uh, I don't know, there, and there are some weird questions that always come out of the scouting combine, Barry, but what do you think, I mean, I, to me, I don't think it's ever going to go away because it's it's commercialized now and they air it on, on television. It ain't going away anytime soon, but for the NFLPA uh, president, if you will, and, and Demora Smith, the uh, executive director, let me give him the correct title, to say that, I, I found that really interesting. Yeah, and, and it's weird that he says that because it's an annual event. It's something that's by invitation only, and players that you talk to that have not gotten an invitation act like it's a big deal. And there's been a ton of players that were not uh, gone to the combine and, and measured and ran three-cone and, and this and that and have become really, really good players, but everybody wants an invitation to that. How the combine even got started was in the 60s. The Dallas Cowboys were the only team that used computer uh, to uh, scout players and to make databases. And at one time, their GM, Tech Stram, said, we need to have a central location that we can bring all these guys and time them and measure them and make them do drills. Because at the time they would have a pro day at Alabama, a pro day at Boise State, pro day at Michigan State, and all these scouts and all these coaches were crisscrossing the nation. Well, for a long time, once they started the combine, that stopped. The pro pro days were just almost nil. But little by little, they started getting bigger and bigger and more. And the reason for that is because a guy said, well, if if I run on – Lucas Oil Field in Indianapolis, it's not like running on my field in Tuscaloosa or in Baton Rouge or in Austin. I can run faster there than I can on that field. So they started having pro days, and a lot of players got seen by that. I remember Victor Cruz um, with the University of Massachusetts. The scouts were up there looking at an offensive tackle, and the Giants scout just happened to see Victor Cruz which was about six of them, uh, you know, trying out for pro day. And that's, sure. he got signed as a free agent and got signed for the contract. But that's the reason for the, uh, the combine is to show them. And it's all fair too. 
there's nothing, there's no edge to any player. It's even across the board for everybody that participates in the combine. Yeah, the Senior Bowl is one of those things as well that leads up to, you know, the scouting combine and then then the draft as well. That competition between some of the best players. What was your experience like, Barry, out in Mobile? And who were some players that stood out in your mind? Yeah, the Senior Bowl was kind of, um, for the first time that I can remember in 20-something years, it really didn't have that star power player this year. I remember when Tim Tebow came, and there's been other players. Uh, Justin Herbert was there three years ago. Jalen Hurts was there two years ago. There's always been that star player. There just wasn't this time. But a running back out of Tulane named Ty J. Spears, uh, he was projected to be a fifth round. Now he looks like a, a second round player. Um, he was named uh, practice player of the week by the NFL executives and scouts. Now that's not the people that run the uh, the Senior Bowl. That's by uh, the people that are in the NFL itself. Hmm. And then a, a guy that I interviewed, and I thought he was a great kid. His name is Jaden Reed. He's from Michigan State. He runs a four point three four forty. Now. He had only about 600 yards at Michigan State, but every I have never seen a more crisp, more elusive route runner than this kid. He had, nobody could cover him. His he had fakes on top of fakes, and he was open every time. His route tree was just tremendous. And I, I researched Michigan State. Why wasn't this guy more of a of, a, of an effort or more of a, a, a thing coming in? They were a running team. Yeah. They only threw just because. And so if he had gone to a, a, a ball-out team like Ohio State that throws the ball, um, you know, University of Houston who always throws the ball, he'd probably be the number receiver. But he's a very humble guy. He's a very yes or no sir guy. And he told me right to my face, he said, you'll never have a problem with me off the field. I'm a great kid. Another guy I saw that uh, that impressed was a uh, defensive end edge rusher named Will McDonough out of Ohio, uh, Iowa State. Um, his work in the one-on-one reps against offensive linemen was hard not to notice. He he was dominant all week. Uh, he was showing some real athleticism and skills. And Drew, I saw a guy from uh, from Ohio State, uh, probably a, a, a left tackle or a right tackle. His name is Dewan Smith. <laughs> And, I mean, excuse me, Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. He's, He's a big six, dude. Seven, three, 333 pounds. He only participated in the first day. Well, I couldn't find out why he wasn't there at the breakfast Wednesday morning. He wasn't there for Wednesday or Thursday. But he is just a huge guy. I don't know if he got injured or if he just showed up to show and then he went back home. But I think he could be the bottom of the first round, early second round. Um, but he's just a huge – when he shook my hand – his hand engulfed <laughs> my hand. I Just bet it did. Engulfed my hand. I bet he wears like five X gloves. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Barry Shuck joining of Dogs by Nature. Um, so of course, you know, with the Senior Bowl coming up, we've also got uh, the Super Bowl this Sunday. Eagles and Chiefs. Is there any way that you're leaning, Barry? I mean, there's a lot of headlines. Andy Reid against the former team that he had coached. Uh, it's it's the Kelsey Bowl. You know, J- J- Jason and Travis going up against each other. Both lines are very, very good. Is there any way that you're leaning in, in, in this one? Who are you going to take? Um, I'm a member of a, a prediction site called Tally Site, and, and reporters and sports reporters, 
they they predict every week and uh so i have to put in my predictions every week and then with dogs by nature all our writers and our editor we're all in kind of competition with each other i'm going to pick the chiefs but it's it's going to be a blow it's going to be a real tight game um i think both offenses are really good I think the difference in the game is going to be the defense on the the Eagles. Not that they're going to dominate, but can they stop the offense of the Chiefs? Now, what about Mahomes? Is that high ankle sprain going to be good enough for him to still be Superman? Or is he just going to be a middle-of-the-road type of player where he's going to be limited in some? Because a lot of his game was not necessarily scrambling like a Lamar Jackson, but getting out of the pocket keeping the play alive and still looking downfield so that he could throw. And with his high ankle sprain, that doesn't allow him to turn, doesn't allow him to cut, doesn't allow him to plant that foot. So it's, it's going to depend on what he can do, but I'm going to pick the Chiefs, but it's, it's going to be a two-point game, whoever wins. He said he's feeling a lot better th- this week and probably could get a shot or something like that before the game as well, uh, along with all the adrenaline. I, I, it was interesting. I think the Eagles are going to try to pressure him a little bit early to try to test that ankle out because that's one thing the Bengals didn't do as much as I thought they may have, particularly in the beginning of the game, What was was put that pressure on Mahomes, and, and they couldn't get there with four guys. They rebuilt that offensive line, and... They've been very good this year, but the amount of pressure that the Bengals sent, whenever they sent it, they, they actually caused some problems and there were some incompletions, but they weren't able to get to him very often. I think they said 80-some percent of his passes, Mahomes is in that AFC title game, were from the pocket. So they could not get to him at yep. all or even put pressure on him. I wonder if the Eagles, with those four guys that have 11 or more sacks this year, try to do something schematically uh to get there, uh, real, real, real quick, with the awards ceremony and stuff tonight, you think Patrick Mahomes is MVP, or you think somebody else will maybe have a chance to get it? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty much um, the, the odds on favorite right there. Uh, Jalen Hurts, maybe if he hadn't been hurt for that stretch, uh, because he's he's done a lot with that team. He's kind of rejuvenated it, and of course, his running abilities is what makes him the quarterback that he is, just like Lamar Jackson, just like Michael Vick was, just like Jeff Hostetler and Steve Young and John Elway and all those others before uh, Randall Cunningham. When he can take off and gain you eight yards, seven yards, or make that that third and 12 become you know a first down on his running abilities, but he's got limitations on his own. Now, mm. against the 49ers, nobody could see that. I, I was absolutely surprised at how they dominated that 49er team. Now, of course, they had quarterback issues, but the defense didn't rise to a occasion uh, that they usually do, and the, the, the Eagles were able to take uh, advantage of that. But they just, you know, both those conference games, I, I went 0-2. I picked Cincinnati. I picked uh, San Francisco. I just knew it was going to be a, a Joe Montana versus Boomer Esiason again. And it it just didn't didn't end up that way. Uh, no, 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 it didn't. Um, unfortunately, I, I think as well. You know, with Brock Purdy hurting his arm, that, that that game really was it was not that fun to watch at all after that happened. Um, and then the Bengals, of course, losing that one that was a bummer. Um, quarterback stuff. There, there's a lot of intrigue looking out for this offseason uh, and the quarterbacks. We'll start real quick with Derek Carr, who's today on his second visit with the New Orleans Saints. Uh, still 
a part of the roster. I think they have the Raiders do up until the 15th to either trade him or cut him, or they're going to have to pay him $40 million or whatever that he's owed. So he'll be gone by then, but they've allowed him to go and check out teams and the Saints being one of them uh, that he's visited twice. Is that something that you think is a likelihood at this point? And at, at that measure, I mean, the NFC South, it seems like the entire division could use an upgrade at quarterback now with Tom Brady retiring. Yeah, absolutely. And the Saints haven't been the same since Drew, Drew Brees left, and we all know that. But I do know that the uh, car had dinner with the Saints, um, you know, GM and, and the female owner and at the uh, team facilities. And so it's been a second meeting, and, uh, you know, they need somebody like that. Now they'd have to trade for him, and he's 31 years old, so mm-hmm. he's still got life in the tank. I, You know, we've seen with Aaron Rodgers and we've seen with Drew Brees and with Tom Brady that 31 is, is still got a, a decade to go. But he met with uh, head coach Dennis Allen, offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael, and um, had dinner at Ralph's on the Park in, in Nolens there, which is a real great uh, Creole place. If you mm. ever go there, get the gumbo and get the turtle soup. <laughs> um, but he, um, it, they seem to like him. It's just a matter, I think, it's going to come down to what the the, the Raiders are going to want in return for it. Mm. Um, keeping in mind that things could happen quickly is, is Carr has got 40.4 million that becomes guaranteed. Like you said, if he's on the Raiders roster after February the 15th. So, the, you know, the clock is ticking on that. Yeah, it definitely is. And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers briefly. I, I don't know if you'd ever go on a darkness retreat, Barry, um, but I, I don't think I would be inclined. I wouldn't be, it would take some serious convincing. You might have to give, give me some money to do it. I would certainly not do it voluntarily like what Aaron Rodgers is doing. He's been sprinkled around with the Jets. Could he go back to Green Bay? He says he's going to wait until after this retreat to make his decision. I I don't know. It's just Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if there's anything more unique than, than it seems like uh, Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a great quarterback, and he's a first ballot Hartle Famer. I mean, once he re- retires, it'll be uh, five years to the day that he'll get voted in. But you know, you look at him, and he's he's not married. He, he was engaged to somebody, um, uh, um, Shailene Woodley, uh, in February 2021. Then they broke up. He's dated all kind of women, and he's never been married. He's got zero children. He's got more money than um, than anybody that I can think of. All of us put together so he doesn't need money <laughs> yeah you know there's any he's, he, he's he's strange from his family his older brother jordan yep. and him don't talk about it and uh, as far as i know he doesn't see his folks anymore and so uh he's just a strange dude and then last year he had that uh, thing with all the the mind-blowing things and you know paying to go to a dark room you know, I know you got an extra bedroom there in the apartment. Why don't you just charge him forty <laughs> bucks and just close the door and yeah. you know bring him some uh, bring him some Popeyes chicken and some you know <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts and call it a day. You know, you can make some money off that. Oh my goodness, yeah, he could, he, he could be in some more commercials. I'll tell you what, um, Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature joining the show. I, what what do you think he does at this point? Because there there's a report out there as well that if Aaron were to come back to the Packers and they want him they would trade, or Jordan Love would then request a trade. Uh, I don't know. It seems like the Jets are the team that's mentioned with him, at least at least right now, the most. 
uh, along with the Green Bay Packers and him coming back. It seems like those are the only two. And I, I don't know if the Jets really not being in the running for Derek Carr means anything. They're going all in for Aaron or, or not. Yeah, I think I know uh, the lottery numbers for Saturday night on Mega Millions better than I would know what Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is going to do. He, yeah. may, he may know, and he may be putting people off, but I, I do know one thing. In his interviews, he seems like a very upfront and, and truthful guy. He doesn't Hollywood talk anybody. He doesn't generalize things like most guys do. Coaches, owners, players, they all just generalize something. They don't want to really tell you what's going on. But Aaron Rodgers always has, and he'll tell you exactly what's going on. He'll tell you about the dark room. He'll tell you if you know about his receivers and and tell you about he wants to help um, you know pick all the ingredients if he's going to be the cook. So who knows what he's going to do? Yeah, I, I do. You, do you think this actually? Do you, do you believe Tom Brady in the fact that he says this is it? Apparently, he actually spoke with 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 uh, Giselle and. They talked through it, and she helped him make the decision. Apparently, they're on cordial terms right now. But that being put aside, do you think he actually is done? Or do you think that he could do it? Yeah, I'm actually coming back again. Yeah, I, I think he's done. Um, yeah. I, I, I do think, though, that we'll see him on Sunday's game, probably in some kind of studio, because Fox is, is covering the game. They're charging, listen to this, they're charging $7.5 million for 30-second uh, spot for the, uh, for the Super Bowl. I've already seen all the Super Bowl commercials. The one I like best is called Popcorners. It's a snack that looks triangular like Doritos. Uh, it's got Brian Cranston in from Breaking Bad. It's funny. It's funny. Okay. Um, but I think he's done. I think we'll see him in some kind of studio because he's, he's going to be a Fox analyst. But I, I got one generalization and one wonderment and maybe one question for you. If football and him staying one more year is what ultimately split him and his wife, then he played only one more year, what was the purpose in doing that? Why didn't he just retire and stay retired? And then he could have been married still and be with his family and his children and that that makes absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, I'll be honest. I actually – that uh, – that, that that came up in my thought process. I don't know exactly when. I think it was la- last week at some point when, you know, things had really happened and people were still talking about it a, a little bit. Is one extra year and your life really changed? I mean, from the standpoint of a divorce, you uh, are a year older, you're, you, you didn't win anything. I mean, as a matter of fact, you had a losing record, you know, going into the playoffs. I mean, was it really worth that? I, I, I was convinced that, or I wasn't convinced. I thought that he would come back again because... Of that exact reason, where it's like, well, I, I, I'm not married anymore. I still love the game. I, I still think I'm able to do this and go on from there. I, I mean, I have no idea if they end up getting back. Who, who, who knows? But I, I will say that I, yeah. that, that the thought process that you just brought up, Barry, did come across my mind, and I do kind of wonder the same thing. Yeah, after you've been married and had a family, the worst feeling in the world is coming home to an empty house. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure it is. Barry Shuck of Dogs by Nature. Barry, appreciate the time as always. you have an idiom for us today, real quick? I do. I am going to tell you where the term Super Bowl came from. Mm. Um, I've told you before where the word bowl came from. It, uh, at Yale in 1915, they built a stadium, and they built it with the stands all the way around. 
and the architect called it a bowl. And so now that was called Gale Bowl. Then they did Rose Bowl in California, and they did the same thing, and they called it a bowl. So uh, the American football game was started in college. It was not started in the professional ranks. So predominantly, professional football has done a lot of things that college football has done. Look at the two-point conversion. That came from college. So for it to be called a bowl is a natural occurrence because the bowl represents the final game in which a championship is won. Yes, somebody may not win the championship in the Orange Bowl, but this team over here that won the Sugar Bowl, they won the national championship. So for it to be called a bowl is a natural thing. Well, we know the Super Bowl is the championship game of of the National Football League. It was coined in 1966 by Lamar Hunt, who was uh, owner and founder of the Kansas City Chiefs. He was also a founder of the American Football League that merged with the NFL. And at the time, the word super in the mid-60s was starting to be used to describe usually some mundane things as being something bigger and being something uh, better. Like a, a, a big grocery store was now called a supermarket. Uh, super Duper. There was a movie called Superfly, Supernova. Uh, aliens were now called supernatural. So that was a catchphrase word. And so at the time, there was a, a ball, and I can remember having this as a kid. It was called a super ball, and it was about the size of a tennis ball, but it was made out of some kind of rubber. In the, and it, once you hit it on concrete, it'd go up about, I don't know, 80 feet, 75 feet. The problem is you could only bounce it once because it ended up somewhere that you didn't know where it was. <laughs> right. um, but his kids had had the to- a toy called Super Bowl, and he was Hunt was in a meeting with a bunch of other people, and they were talking about the the championship game. Now they named it the AFL Dash NFL uh, Championship Game. For the first three years, that's what it was called. The trophy was the same trophy. It did not have a name. It was not named the Lombardi Trophy until um, Lombardi actually passed away in 1970. So for four years, the trophy didn't have a name, and for three years, uh, the the game was called the AFL-NFL Championship game. Well, Lamar Hunt was in a meeting, and they were talking about uh, bowl games and and in college and how they meant so much. And he said, "Well, we got the we got the biggest bowl. We got the Super Bowl." And it just came out of his mouth. And everybody looked at him like, what? Well, at the time, media, cameramen, fans, um, uh, writers started using the term loosely, but it still was not called the Super Bowl. Uh, the NFL commissioner, Pete Rosell, hated the name Super Bowl. He hated the name Super at all. He thought it demeaned it meant minor league. He wanted to call the game the big one. That was his his uh, wow. that was his entry into it, and so after about uh, Super Bowl three, they officially renamed that game the Super Bowl. Super Bowl four was the actually first game that was actually called on the tickets. The first three Super Bowls on the ticket it says AFL NFL Championship game, and the uh, you know the teams that were on it. But Super Bowl four had Super Bowl four printed on it and that's where the term super bowl came from holy cow that is pretty crazy i did not know that it was a frowned upon almost by by roselle at all uh barry appreciate the time as always uh, enjoy the game 
on on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week to recap it and talk about some more uh, stuff. Lo- looking ahead to the draft a little bit too. Sounds good, my friend. Talk to you later.